This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, and hello, football. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, wherever this happens to find you, whenever you are listening to your favorite Patriots podcast, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, alongside Andy Jumbo Hart, and a very special guest, our guy from Patriots.com, the Deuce, Mike Deuce Dusso, to kick off today's edition, the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings in Football Things, brought to you by WEEI odyssey and 2400 sports on today's episode we will continue with our off-seasonal positional preview today talking about tight ends we'll have so many news notes and nuggets from around the wide world of pats nation in pats paris but we begin today with our guy deuce fresh from indianapolis where he described it as nothing but steak and football an absolute football hardos paradise deuce was out for a full week at the 2023 NFL Combine, and we thought, who better to provide us with some insight, some tales from the trip, uh, some analysis from all those big bros working out in tight shorts, and so much more. Deuce, how be you, my guy? I'm doing great. It was it was a fun week. I don't know if I'm fresh from the Combine. I feel a little a little uh, tired from the Combine, but it was it was great. You know, I mean, and look, you're just talking to these guys at a podium. It's not like you're you know there watching all their film and stuff. So a lot of like your opinions are based on like, I like that guy. I like that answer. I didn't like that answer. I don't like what he's wearing, you know, all the superficial stuff, but still, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value. You get to kind of see these guys and, and, you know, know them a little bit. And just when a random name comes up, usually you're like, Hey, I talked to that guy. I kind of remember him. So yeah. it's definitely helpful, but I certainly came back with a lot of like, all right, I got to look at some of these guys too. Cause personality doesn't necessarily get it done on the football field. I think before we deep dive on it, and uh, I know Andy and I have a bunch of questions about who you saw and who stuck, you know, who jumped and uh, who you think could be a perfect Pats fit. I just want to, for the, you know, like Andy has had a chance to go because he worked for the Patriots. Now you work for the Patriots as well. I've actually never been to the Combine. And for some of the other super fans and the diehards out there who have been to a Super Bowl, maybe gone to even a Pro Bowl, have like a, a football fan, a hardo checklist. What's the whole experience like? I mean, it's it's a lot of, you know, they, you have radio rows, so you have all the teams kind of set up. You have different radio outlets, and, you know, that's kind of where we work and where we shoot stuff. And then the back room is where the NFL Network, CBS Sports, XM Radio, Sirius XM Radio, those, you know, bigger stages are all set up, and you have all the podiums and tables. And, you know, it's kind of a cattle call. They bring each position group in, and, and you kind of scramble from podium to podium. You listen to guys. Uh, you ask them some questions, you know, sometimes as they're going up to the podium or coming off, you maybe grab one for a, for a quick, you know, private question, that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's basically, yeah, the, the, the executives go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then once Wednesday as well, the, the, the prospects start going. And then it's just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're, they're rolling through position groups and it's coming at you fast and furious. So, you know, like I said, you get a, you get a sense for all these guys, maybe not so much how they actually play, but it certainly rounds out the picture. And then, you know, the testing all happens away. That happens down at, at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. So we don't get to see that stuff. Of course, we see it on TV. We see the results and, and then you can kind of tie everything together and come away with with some impressions and, you know, who you like and, and mock drafts and big boards and all these fun things that we're going to be doing over the next two months. And, and we should probably mention that this is it's now year to year in Indy. It's been in Indy since whatever the 80s. Um, there is this talk, just like the draft and everything else, that maybe it's going to go on the road. And they've certainly expanded the the fan aspect to it. That it's now 
basically reverse engineered from TV backwards. Yep. Um, and I know some in the football world are not real happy with that evolution and the value. And hell, maybe that plays a role. And you hear teams talking about not going and, and Bill Belichick taking part virtually and some of those different things. Maybe it does become an event where it's almost strictly assistant coaches, scouts, doctors, and maybe not what it once was, but uh, still my favorite uh, part of the year, if you ask me. And, and that's nothing to do with the free steaks and shrimp cocktail. Well, thank <laughs> yeah, you, Robert no. Kraft, free. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. And I mean, to, to your point, Andy, I think they they switched the order around a little bit this year and they had, you know, the interviews with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, the big position groups went Friday, which meant that they worked out at Lucas Olio Stadium on Saturday. Huge crowd. You know, we were, we were leaving Saturday afternoon, but you could just see, you know, I saw a couple of Ramondre Stevenson jerseys. You saw Patriots. I mean, just all kinds of NFL fans were there going into the stadium to watch that day. Now, you know, I don't know. They used to be the old order. I think the offensive linemen went last. You know, nobody really wants to, to pony up to watch those big boys run. But um, it does seem like it's geared toward that. I believe there's one more year in Indianapolis. Everybody just likes it. It's so convenient. Everything's awesome. there. There's been talk of L.A. and Dallas, which is so spread out. Uh. The great part of this is the airport is 15 minutes away. The stadium and, and, and the convention center right there in the middle of India. And, and as you guys mentioned, we have a lot of a lot of steak, a lot of shrimp right in the area, too. So once you get there, you don't really have to leave. I, I love it. I hope it stays there just for convenience sake. Plus, it's you know not too far of a flight from here. So are you doing a juice cleanse or anything the last couple of days? To kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. Right. Oh, God. How TB12? <laughs> you must just – did you schedule a colonoscopy for after this? I, I went hard the first couple nights. I think that's what I've learned is, you know, go get your steak the early nights. and then. But it's just – I think in any environment, it's hard to eat out every single meal. You just yep. – you feel like you can't get a break. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been on the oatmeal and salad cleanse here for the last couple of days, trying to get back on track. <laughs> I know a lot of people listening like right now are like, but I would like to have Mike's problems. Oh, yeah. I would, <laughs> but I would like steak. to talk to football players. I would like to have a ribeye bought for me by Robert Kraft. Uh, no, it's fun, and I, I I agree. While while taking the draft on the road is kind of fun because you set up a different show, different fans. It almost should be in the city maybe of the Super Bowl champion or something like that. Those fans get to celebrate. They welcome people in. The new year be, begins that way. Like the Combine should be in a convenient spot. Uh, and I was not even aware that the media avails and all the interviews you were doing, for example, were actually isolated from the 40, the jump, yeah. the broad, the shuttle, the three cone, all the other stuff that we see on the NFL Network and all the clips that we watch on Twitter and then go like, I want that guy. That's uh, bro. That's a total Belichick guy. Did you see his uh, forty shuttle or his lateral doodle or whatever the hell they go through yeah. out there at that Played point? Special teams. I don't know, Andy. There's so many different things at this point. It oh, what do you, seemed... do you like the Ross RAS <laughs> yeah. now the relative athletic score, which apparently Anthony Richardson. We can stop keeping track of it because he's the greatest athlete ever, and we never need Broke to measure it, it again. I right, know. but also, but now the new one. Uh, the whatever the competence score or the processing score, which is like oh, the, yeah. new, the new one, like the new you like the Wonderlick, the new Wonderlick is the con is the processing <laughs> score. Stupid. Apparently, Bryce Young, uh, Brock Purdy, apparently last year crushed it, so that's why the 49ers took him, or at least now we're told with revisionist history playing a part in today's production. And now, apparently, Bryce Young crushed it as well. So, why should they worry about his slender, slight 5'10, 204 pound frame? My ass, he can take I gotta tell you, I'm old school. Give me uh, Will uh, Levis or Levis, however the hell you say it. All I need to look at is his arms while yeah. he throws. Not only does he have a cannon, he's got a pair of cannons attached oh, to his shoulders. I, I, honest to God, listen to you. Just like, oh, like, you're just broing out over his biceps. Absolutely. Sucker. You know and who I may else regret could, it. May regret Andy, it, you know who else care. could throw a football further than Uncle Rico? Heath Schuler. He <laughs> sucked as a quarterback. <laughs> it's fun, though. Sucking with big arms and big guns is fun. Yeah. He uh, knows Terp it too. He was like, "I'm going to throw because I had that <laughs> All right, so Mike, uh, so you had a so obviously you know you're not watching the tape. You're taking part in a lot of the interviews and uh, all the people that we follow yourself, Evan Lazar, Zach Cox, Dakota Randall, etc. People that were there or that were aggregating the info put a focus on people that either mentioned Patriots, uh, seemed like they had Patriot DNA in them, or stuck out from a Pat's perspective. So uh, maybe could you? Uh, chum the waters for the uh foxborough faithful here with a couple guys that may have stuck out to you or said the right things and seem schematically and organizationally like a fit 
Yeah, I'm going to start with one that I just thought was interesting. And, and uh, you mentioned Evan, who, um, you know, is just a bulldog on these things. I think he was annoying everyone at the whole combine. Like, he's just going up to people left and right, trying to grab Jameer Gibbs for private interviews. Um, but he actually got a great thing. He went up to Quentin Johnston after he got off the podium and was, you know, did a quick, quick one-on-one -on -one with him. And Quentin Johnston was glowing about his meeting with the Patriots. And I know he's a little bit of a, you know, polarizing player right now. People, you know, some people love him just because he's, you know, a big he looks the part of a big wide receiver with speed and stuff. Yeah, not my guy either, Andy. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that he was saying, I feel the love. And, you know, just kind of both Evan and I were like, oh, God, we both had kind of written him off. Um, but I would just say, like, you know, to start, like, I feel like the two big positions I came away feeling like, wow, they got to get some of these guys are cornerback and tight end. I think those groups are really tight, uh, really deep. I'm sorry. And I just think the question is, you know, when you get these big position groups that are really stacked, do you? Do you wait and say, oh, we can get a guy in the middle because there's a bunch of good ones? Or do you say, hey, let's get the best of this group. You know, let's get the best guy. I think that's the question I'm kind of asking myself. Um, you know, the two tackles at the top, I think that's probably a good place to start, too. And, and cut, in, cut in here if I start rambling because I got about <laughs> five days worth of thoughts. But Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, those guys are studs and they look the part. And, you know, Skaronsky, everyone wants to talk about Skaronsky and three-year starter and athletic and, you know, said all the right things, has the right personality, has the, the traits as grandpa played play for the Packers. I mean, but I got to tell you, this is something that I took away. You get off the podium, he's standing next to the North Dakota State kid, Cody Mock, who's got no front teeth. And I'm like, <laughs> he's a guard. He's a guard. He's yeah, really he's a guard. You know, it's just, okay. and, 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 and I just think right now, and I know Skaronsky's a kind of a, a flashpoint for a lot of Patriots fans, for me, and there are other people who disagree with me, certainly, and, and I get it that he's a football player, but I just think you took a guard last year. You can't afford to strike out and miss on this kid and end up with another first-round guard two years in a row. There are too many big needs. If Jones or Johnson were to fall to 14, I would say that's a slam dunk, but right now that feels like kind of a long shot. And with Anthony Richardson kind of elevating, now I kind of look at, all right, what cornerback might get put down? And I and to, to finish this part of it, uh, Joey Porter Jr. just really impressed me. We were all kind of walking in expecting Mad Dog Joey Porter to be up there. He's not that guy. He said all the right things, asked about the Patriots, said was complimentary, said my dad would like it going to, you know, a stable organization like that. So he has a cool demeanor about him. Um, Christian Gonzalez, too, just looks like an absolute stud. Uh, you know, a little bit of a hey, Oregon out there in, in the Pac-12, but – I think those two guys, those, I mean, I, I, I love just Gonzalez, even just the way he looks like it's kind of not to compare him to Ty Law, but I always felt like when you looked at Ty Law, you were like, that's a cornerback. And I felt that way about Gonzalez. So those two guys right now are kind of my risers as far as that, like, first part, what we need fits. So you, you kind of um, almost mocked yourself, and, and I always did this too, where we get the 15-minute interview, whatever, and you come away thinking, well, that guy's a dink, or wow, that guy's a saint. Um, but <laughs> I do gonna think They're going to guarantee to draft the dink. They'll always take the dink, well, right? But the I find it interesting this year because I think two of the three positions that we would put near the top of their need list, wide receiver and cornerback, are dink, no dink positions, where it's like no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, boom. So who stood it? Because – I'm going to tell a quick story here from my combine past, and it's my favorite story of all time. A.J. Nicholson, linebacker, Florida State, went in with a red flag. He was, you know, had run from the cops, and there was an arrest, and it was like this was his chance to stand up. And, and my favorite story of all time, he said, no, 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 I wasn't running from the cops because I didn't have an ID. I was running to go get my ID. I wasn't hiding in the bushes. I tripped and fell and landed in the bushes when the cops found me was one of my favorite stories of all time. So at the wide receiver and cornerback position, who stood out as dinky? And maybe you just answered it with Joey Porter. Who stood out as, whoa, that guy's impressive, not a dink. Yeah. Uh, Josh Downs, impressive. Jaden Reed, impressive. And, mm. you know, I think, look, Jackson Smith and Jigbo ran great quickness. You know, I mean, he, he's yep. got those things. I'm still not sold. He, pop, that he, he has, popped, though. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Um, you know, and, and Jordan Addison, who was my guy on the first pick, which was kind of, you know, giving the people what they want, didn't didn't test as well. I still really like him. I still think like, you know, I'm a lot more attracted to I've just been saying I want quickness. I want quickness in the middle of the field. I think that's what Tank lacking. Bigsby. That's I want that. Uh, or Tank Reed. Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Tank Dell. You know, oh. real small, you know, probably later day two guy. But um, but those guys, uh, 
I, I really liked, I really, really liked Josh Downs though. He just, you know, had a confidence about him, a serious, like I, one of my kind of like Patriots football things I do is I write SFG, which is serious football guy, handful mm-hmm. of guys that you, you look at stealing and that I am absolutely SFG. That is well, awesome. You've made a career stealing <laughs> like Kyle Duggar, Dante Hightower, serious football guys. Like they, they ain't coming around jokey, happy. They right. like ball. Um, the other guy I would say is Tay Banks, Deontay Banks from Maryland, like just had that like mm, something about him that just feels like this guy can't suck. Can he suck? He can't suck. Like he's just too confident. Um, those are a couple off the top of my head. You know, it's just and you mentioned that position. That's a big thing. Like, look, I went wide receiver my first mock. I just I feel like you got to get a guy. I just don't think that there's that guy at 14 um, that's, you know, perfect for them. I think that those other two guys I mentioned could be like day two options, but um, both of them really fit. Then, you know, you're getting into more guys that, you know, are they, they're taller, they're lankier. I, I don't know if I'm into like Jalen Hyatt's of the world. I feel like we, you know, have guys, we, we got Tricon Thornton last year, seems similar to me. So um, Zay Flowers also just really popped for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, as a Patriots type fit. And I, I mean, I just, I think that's what they need, you know, just quickness in the middle of the field, help Mac out. Um, I, I'm sure I can, I, I'll come up with more as, as I'm thinking, but again, like Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, those guys, they're just built in a lab. This is what, you know, it's supposed to be. You guys probably watch them running and moving around. It's just, they're, mm-hmm. they're super athletic. As much as I want to do that though, it's just like, was tackle really the problem last year? I get it's a need. I get everybody's a little bit meh about Trent Brown. What's he going to do? And I think, you know, Trent playing on the left and the right adds some confusion to it because they're like, well, A, are they going to bring Trent Brown back? B, what side does Bill O'Brien even want him to play on? So I'm a little bit pushing tackle towards the back. Darnell Wright from Tennessee I just thought was awesome. Versatile guy. He's probably my favorite of that, you know, second-tier group of guys who has some versatility and – you know, Dewan Jones, just the monster. We didn't, unfortunately, he didn't, he was getting tested. So we were all waiting for him to like see him at the podium. Like, let's see this big guy. And sometimes when the medical testing went wrong, we didn't get him to the podium. So he was one we missed. We didn't get to see in person, but that's always a favorite part when you just have those giant, giant guys. And you just are like, oh my God, these guys are so like just another, another, another level of human being. Yeah. Andy, uh, um, I mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, Tank Bigsby, because uh, in the latest mock draft from our beat guy, Kyrie Thompson, up now at WEI.com. He had the Patriots or wanted the Patriots to grab Tank Bigsby at halfback in the fourth round, uh, and PFF gave him an A on that. Could be perhaps if you don't think that Pierre Strong is going to be the new third down back of the future, and Andy has questions about his hands and his ability yeah. to be the next Vereen, Falk, Woodhead, etc. maybe that would be the right kind of guy to grab. But back to your point about the tackles and the need for that. Was it the biggest need last year? Maybe no. I, Andy and I have decided with our uh, interest ratings on the off-seasonal positional previews that cornerback right now does stand as the number one need because could re- lose John Jones. You kind of just flat out don't have enough guys now, and you need a long, lean, fast disruptor on the outside to help join Jack Jones for the secondary of the future. But when it comes to tackle, we think. <laughs> we think. But we uh, who knows? For all we know, they might trade for somebody. Someone could pop available uh, yeah. as a cap cut. Who knows? But to me, the reason why I, I've been harping so much about the tackle position is because football games are decided and won there. Just football one-on-one, Belichick one-on-one, Hardo Central. And if you could swing Trent in a contract year back out to the right and get a left tackle of the future, just give me a dependable, big, bad, fat guy on the left side. Like, that's just – that's the basics. Like, Bill O'Brien can rebuild his Patriots offense of the future with gigantic bookends and a stable offensive line. And you can't screw up. Like five years ago, they dipped into the Georgia well, hence why some people may have Broderick Jones fear, same way we have Nikhil Harry uh, fear with Quentin Richardson, uh, with uh, Isaiah Wynn. And now Broderick Jones, like, oh, no, does he have short arms? Oh, is he, should he be a guard? Is he a tackle? That's why when you say that about Skaronsky, even though everyone's like, oh, but the last Northwestern guy, Rashawn Slater, he was awesome. So why don't they go back into that well? It yeah. seems like... Paris Campbell may be a little bit of a pro- Paris. I'm sorry, Paris, uh, not Campbell. That's the receiver. Jones. Paris, yeah, Paris Jones, Johnson. thank you. Um, Paris Johnson, Johnson yeah. Um, seems like an absolute mauler. Like, and then you 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 dovetail that into Andrew Callahan's thing from the combine where he said everything he was hearing was it's tackle at 14 or they're trading back. So yeah. I, I I'm I'm now starting to what is it today? It's March 7th. I'm betting right now, Andy, trade back is my first pick in the draft. Wow. That's a safe bet with the Patriots and more often than not over the years. I would just caution, no disrespect to Andrew Callahan, 
I don't think anybody knows. I mean, as as Mike brought up, Anthony Richardson en- enters the chat, as Fitzy likes to say, in yep. the top 10. Okay, pushes somebody. Down. Like, we have no idea there's going to be a major trade at some point in the top 10 that will alter the way the board is going to fold. So I just – I think to say now that Bill has this plan of it's a tackle or I'm trading back, that's not Bill Belichick. He's yeah. not going to make that decision until April 27th or when it's in front of him. Yeah, and we um, we were lucky enough to talk to Jordan Reed from from ESPN, who's kind of like the young up and comer behind Mel Kiper yep. and, and Todd McShay. Really cool to get to meet him, and and he you know kind of said something similar. He felt like you know the tackle position would be one, but I just I just think those top two guys are going to be gone, and I think really the consideration is the cornerback position. And do you feel like these guys, you know, is one of these guys going to be a shutdown guy? I mean, they, they made such a priority to you know at like 2012 go get Talib, like you know then get Revis, like get Stephon Gilmore and you know there's also another part to this discussion which we've really been having is like are they still really a pure man coverage team or are they playing so much of this match coverage now that it's changed the dynamic a little bit and are they looking for those you know number one who can travel with their number one or are they looking for guys who are smart who are going to be able to understand how the routes are dispersing and then know where to pick them up just you know something that we've kind of talked about but as far as the tackles I've always said it's like buying tires for your car. Like nobody wants to buy tires for your car. It's like, oh God, you know, it's it's really not going to do much for you, but you got to do it. And if you yep. don't, you're, you're screwed. So I get the tackle stuff from that perspective, but I also think they probably like Trent Brown more than we do. And I think that you could probably get a right tackle who's really good, maybe in that second round pick and plug him in. And all right, let's, you know, let's, I know Trent Brown ain't, you know, exactly everybody's long-term answer. But I also just have a suspicion that they're like, I don't think he's going to be that bad. We're going to get Adrian Clement here. We're going to have, you know, a real offensive line coaching staff. You know, I just one more point to make on this was, you know, something we brought up was, look, they had 60 sacks last year. They were 22nd on third down. So I just see a disconnect there. What is it? And, you know, talking to other guys and other Patriots guys, for us, it's it's you can't cover them. Like, you know, you can't cover the number ones. You can't cover those guys. You can get to the quarterback. But you just can't lock down the top target, and then the, the, the trickle-down effect gets you. So I'm with you guys on the cornerback thing. And I don't know for sure if they love any of these guys, but I think if Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter or you know maybe Devin Witherspoon, who just you know hits like a freight train, and you know I really like a lot about his game too, but there's just something especially about Gonzalez that I'm enamored with that just looks like a number one corner. And I think you plug him in, I think that makes the biggest difference in terms of trying to beat Buffalo, trying to beat Miami. These are That's the, the focus right now for me. Um, you know, is a tackle going to make a huge difference? Of course, it's going to make a little bit. I don't think it really moves the needle as much if you had that number one corner, assuming one of those guys can be a number one corner. Mike, I'm going to ask you a big picture question that's going to be difficult to answer. And I yes. say that to, to give you just a but for years we've had, you know, you know, Dante Scarnecchi had talked about tackle, for example. And he said, I, I liked to get the young ones. I liked the ones that I could train. I didn't have to break them like a stallion and then build them back up. And I think you see. They take a Nate Solder. They yeah. take an Isaiah Wynn. I think in some level, those were Dante Scarnecchia picks. Obviously, he's gone. You have a coach who's never been here for a draft. We assume it's going to be better because of the debacle that was the offense, the O-line, everything right. last year. And the same thing I would say with some of these ideas of, we mentioned cornerback. Ah, but Bill always finds a cornerback. You don't need to draft one in the first round. He'll get a fourth-round pick. He'll get an undrafted kid, and he'll become a number one corner, and then we'll let him leave in free agency because, admittedly, They've done it so often over the years. Do you think, A, that plays a factor into the way they think? Does Bill say, I can always find a corner because I've always found a corner? And do you you sort of put that in the back of your mind when you're assessing what you may predict them to do? Oh, they always get a corner, so they won't go corner in round one. Do do those big-picture factors play into your analysis? I think so, but, I mean, I would just say, like, they haven't really found a number one corner in the draft. I mean, they've developed plenty of slot guys and number twos, but I mean, other than drafting Ty Law way back when, you know, like it's it, like I said, it's Revis, it's Browner, it's signing Gilmore, it's trading for Tlaib. Um, you know, I don't want to go. So, I mean, I guess you could put Asante kind of into that, but I mean, I kind of compare sure. Asante to JC Jackson a little bit, which of course mm-hmm. was, you know, not drafted, but you know, maybe not that number one elite, but certainly very good players. I, I, I'm not at that point right now. I just think the, the talent at wide receiver is too good, and I think that you really need to counter that with talent at the wide at the cornerback position. And I think they understand that. I think that's why you've seen them make an effort in free agency to pursue those guys. And you know now you might actually have a chance to draft one of them in in the teens. And so I, I think that's where I come out. And you know as far as the other point, I mean I I don't know. That's a good question because how much do you trust 
um, you know, Adrian Clem to come in and, you know, develop guys right off the snap. I mean, I, I, I made a point in Indy to go talk to a bunch of his guys. Um, Alex Forsythe, the center, you know, I'm not really looking at centers so much, but he's another SFG serious football guy that was, you know, just all of a sudden busting into coverages and, you know, talking about identifying all the kinds. Of, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 too much, too much backup, buddy. Um, but I really liked him as well. So, you know, maybe you do just maybe you do overextend a little bit in free agency, sign a sign a tackle and just be like, all right, we're good for this year. Um, you know, maybe draft somebody in the later rounds as a swing backup kind of a guy. Uh, one more one more thing to say too, a really cool part of it. Um, you know, Sebastian Vollmer is doing a lot with us now for the Germany stuff. And so he was on the trip with us. And so one of those Spiel nights tag, the, yeah. One of those nights in the embassy suites with the uh with the open bar, we uh it was just talking to Seabass, talking football with him. And um it was just really cool to hear about some stories. Talked a lot about Dante, how intense it was with Dante, how people were would literally quit in the middle of practice on Dante's practices. Um, you know, and one other point to make on him, which goes against what I said, was that he said the only time my arm length I really felt like it mattered was Jason Pierre Paul, who was, you know, a freak of, of vines that are, well, I don't know what, 37, 38 inch. I mean, but he's like, I was never overextended. I was never blocking like this. It's always a punch and back. So right. he was kind of arguing in favor of Skoronsky and, you know, a guy. But it's funny because he ain't no, he doesn't know nothing about any of the prospects. I had to like explain, like, so this is Roderick Jones. He's, uh, you know, an experienced Paris <laughs> John, you know, like Seabass <laughs> explained it to him. But, but great guy. And, and it was, you know, insightful talking to him. Uh, all right. So Deuce, we've been doing, um, and we'll let you get you out on this. We've been doing, Andy and I have been doing what we're calling our off seasonal positional preview, where we're gauging an interest meter from one to 10 on how highly you prioritize the Patriots needs, both via the trade route, the draft route, and of course, free agency. And like we've mentioned earlier, cornerback is what we've now decided is the top need and top priority then tackle and then it sort of gets into a murky mix of say is it safety or is it yeah. wide receiver and whatnot and we have a few more positions to review i'd like to get your take on what you think the patriots absolute top need is just as a walk away and as you mentioned maybe just like throw in a bag now that like an orlando brown jr could potentially hit the market uh since the chiefs aren't placing the tag on him to me the patriots can with the available money they have the available draft capital they have and who's going to be available come April 27th, they could do something like sign an Orlando Brown Jr. who does have a legacy connection via his dad who passed away 11 years ago with Belichick in Cleveland. Then you can trade for a DeAndre Hopkins and you can draft a Christian Gonzalez if he's available at 14. And next thing you know, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, how, does, how does this not like bing, bang, boom, one, two, three, SFG. You've got a, uh, you may not have Trent Williams, but you've got, one of the top five available tackles to lock up. And I used to send Trent back to the right. All of a sudden you've got three, you've got 710 pounds protecting Mac Jones on the blind side and the, and the visual side. You've got a solid number one to come in, teach the young kids how it's done with D hop. And then you got a potential corner, number one cornerback of the future. So that's what I'm subscribing to. So what's your top need and how do you like that plan? I like it. I mean, I, I'm not really like this year. Nothing, nobody's really getting me hot and bothered in free agency. I mean, I'd be all right focusing on tackle. I mean, if it means making an investment like that, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, you know, I mean, I love Jacoby Myers, but honestly, I think that you can grab somebody in the second or third round that can, you know, maybe take that role and maybe add something different to it. I just, I don't know. I, I would put more money towards the tackle position in terms of free agency. Um, I just think they need more, they need weapons. They need playmakers in the middle of the field. And and I think that that's why, you know, harping on some of these quickness guys, I don't want, you know, we get into it with Perillo about, you know, you say you want a slot receiver and, and, and you assume we're talking about a six round white guy with a great three cone. Like, no, <laughs> like I want one of those first couple day guys who have legit athletic ability. What was it RAS? I want them on the RAS yep. scale, quickness, speed. Um, and the last thing I would just say is I think the tight end group, I would, I would be all in, I know a guy, Sam Laporta from Iowa, kind of lit it up a little bit. Probably not going to block for you. I don't care. I, I think that they can, you know, invest in an F tight tight end like they did with Aaron Hernandez way back when. And then again, that will give you a guy in the middle of the field that's kind of a mismatch. So I think the guys they have right now, in terms of Parker and potentially Thornton, outside guys, speed, contested catches, good. Bread and butter, Mac Jones, middle of the field, move the chains. Um, I think those are the critical needs. So if you, if you get you get a tackle in free agency, and I look, I'm all for D Hop. I know some people are up and down on him. I I watched Hard Knocks last year in season. I think he's still. I think he can still play. I know BB likes him, so I, I would be all for that move as well. I just think last point, like 
you got to give Mac some weapon. You got to give him something this year because it's it's a big year for him. You know, he really. I don't want to come out of this year kind of not knowing like ah well if we had just given him a better weapon then maybe we'd have a better sense like you know give him some stuff to work with let Bill O'Brien cook and then maybe really find out what you got and what the pieces are to build around going forward. All right. Well, that's some great combine perspective. Some tales from the road in Indy, the land of SFGs, as as Mike has now put it. Serious football guys as well. We're, that's it. From now on, Andy, when I, when we start the pod, I'm going to say broadcasting from the studios of WSFG, the Serious Football Guy Network. Come yeah, the only problem is most people assume an F in an acronym is a bad word. I, I, right. There's a lot of ways SFG can go. Right. Yeah. My head keeps going there. I know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we may have gone behind a paywall on an OnlyFans yep. or something like that. Yep. Well, Absolutely. Mike and I were the guys that came up with Pats fans only, which would be like a paywall. Oh, Pats, Pats now, okay. Now, PatsFansOnly.com was a great idea, which was going to be a fake commercial for a dating site for just Patriots fans who don't want to deal with, you know, like all oh, this girl's going on and on about like the Giants and stuff. But now with OnlyFans, I'm like, oh, that's all. It's got a whole different meaning. Oh, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, and all the things that you don't, you can't normally talk about within the confines of one Patriot place. Penetration, things of that whoa, nature. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> when whoa, I, when whoa, I first, no, when I first got here, I pitched it because I had a whole script written for Wham that, block. Only.com, but, yeah, but yeah, thank God we didn't do that because, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I still need the health insurance big time. Uh, Deuce, this has been awesome, man. Um, let's hop on again maybe sometime after once free agency has gone through and uh, – there have been cap casualties and whatever else. And we're starting to get a bigger picture as to the way the Patriots may be leaning towards the draft. Hopefully we'll be together for the draft party at the stadium and more. Cannot wait for this fall for the trip to Germany. Andy and I are lobbying whatever insert German for very hard and vigorously to get a sponsor to send us over there because that would be the trip of a lifetime. I mean, how can you not find a beer sponsor to send you to Germany, Fitzy? Like your whole life is a failure if you can't make that. Yeah. (laughs) Fitzy, finally put the, all this sucking up to these breweries, finally put it to freaking use other than a four-pack of free beer. I'm working on it. All right? Like, I'm already Vitamin seeing it. in Germany. You're, you're, pouring, you're pouring a New England IPA into a big German stein, and you're saying, this is how we do it in my, where I'm from. Listen, I, I know. I just need one or the both of you to promise me that you'll take good care of my kids if I don't make it back because I may just, yeah, just yeah, drown in yeah. Kolsch and Dunkel's. Lord, how about you pay for us to go to Germany? Uh, all right, you're, I can see any any other ones. Hey, why don't you work the night shift uh, on getting perfect, us over there? Perfect. Okay, very, yes, exactly. See, uh, get us there. Yes. Widow make her send us to Germany. All right, that's enough of those. Deuce, you can follow him at Mike Dussault 19 on the tweet machine. You can hear him three days a week, thrice weekly, 12 to 2 on Patriots Unfiltered. And of course, subscribe to the podcast. Always a robust chat from our guys, Kirsch. Perillo, Lazar, Deuce, and company. And, of course, you can read his musings, his breakdowns, his analysis, and plenty of mocks because we can't get enough mock drafts at Patriots.com. Deuce, you're the best. You're the best for a reason, and it's been great hanging and talking with you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. See ya. I'm all over that. Love that. Dirty. We get, No, you know what we need to do, Andy? We need to – and here's now where we can steer it back my way, but we can do – we can – do it for a cause as we wrap up the uh, extended, supersized opening of this edition of Six Rings and Football Things, uh, the combine breakdown from Mike Dussault. Thanks. Give him a follow. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. Of course, rate, review, subscribe, and share. We appreciate each and every listen, the ratings, the comments, the clapbacks, the subtweets, all of it. We're here for it, as I like to say. What we need to do is print up T-shirts that say SFG, serious football guy, and make a fundraiser out of it. Sure. And that, that's one of those things I can do. I can put it in the merch store. We can donate a significant portion to charity. The rest, of course, going to our beverage fund. Uh, who doesn't get behind that? I'll get behind it. Let's go. All right. Last we're in. We're on it. T-shirt idea. I got nothing out of it. Right. How many? Okay. That's enough. All right. Moving on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, our next segment here on Six Rings of Football Things, we continue with our off-seasonal positional preview series. We are on to tight ends somewhere, our friend from a Patriots perspective, a Claire perspective, if you will, from one Patriot place as well. Classy Claire across the pond is positively beaming. She's giggly jiggly right now because we're talking tight ends. Andy, the Patriots have two highly paid, well-compensated tight ends on the roster, one of which we have recently heard through reports based on absolutely nothing the Patriots will not be releasing in the form of Hunter Henry. I don't know where in the hell that whole media storm came from over the weekend. Talk about much ado about nothing, Bill Shakespeare. Uh, Hunter Henry comes into his third year, the final of a three-year, $37.5 million deal. John Smith, the third year of a deal that he should return all the money on because he has provided zero return on investment to date aside from bloopers, outtakes, and laughter. Uh, you've got the Matt Langles and other camp body backups, if you will, that Sokol. are blocking. What's that? Matt Sokol. Okay. Excuse me. Matt Langle was like eight years ago. <laughs> right. And he looked like Gronk. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not Langle Sokol. Uh, so you got two tight ends that are paid a lot of money. I can't imagine either of which will be on the team after this season. Maybe Hunter Henry, if he, if he takes a team friendly extension, who knows? Uh, and now as Mike Dusso told us in the first portion from the combine, it's a deep tight end class. All your favorite people, your Mel Kuypers, your Mike Giardis at all have told us like, this is a good tight end crop. So how aggressively do you think the Patriots, they won't pursue it likely in free agency, Andy, and I can't see them making a trade. So how aggressively do you think the Patriots get after a tight end of the future come draft time? I think there will be a mid round tight end. Now I think that'll probably scare people based on the uh, Devin Asiasi era uh Ugh. of the trying to fill the tight end with mid and late round draft picks don't forget um, dalton keen and dalton keen i forgot dalton keen because he was forgettable and never did crap um nor did asiasi he had that one touchdown late in the year where people were like oh next year and he never did um so Still had had sadly had more catches than asiasi as a patriot yeah i mean it, they both Pathetic. sucked they both were irrelevant ryan Izzo, that whole era oh, sorry classy um ryan Izzo was never mm-hmm. anything in new england um it's a it's a weird situation. They have the second and third highest cap numbers on the team in, mm-hmm. in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Um, I would argue, Hunter Henry, you got what you pay for. In free agency, you overpay. That's the rule. You got mm-hmm. a solid tight end. He was a solid mm-hmm. tight end with the Chargers. You mm-hmm. got a solid tight end. I know his production dipped a little last year. Well, guess what? He was on the Patriots offense, so his production dipped because Matt Patricia and company was a terrible plan, terrible season, terrible everything. Um, although interestingly, John o. Smith's kind of stayed the same, which I found last year. And it was like, hell, well, the crappy guy can stay crappy in a crappy offense. Yeah. There's only so much crap you can have. Um, but the, yeah, the whole thing about cutting Hunter Henry never made any sense to me. Yes. You could save 10 plus 10.5 million. I think if you cut him, well, yeah, but you, you actually need to field, capable offensive players you need to actually try to win football games on the offensive side of the ball and he is one of your better offensive players from the last three uh two years i'd say with mac jones it's ramondre stevenson hunter Mm -hmm. henry and -hmm. jacoby myers jacoby myers is a free agent we know ramondre stevenson is still developing but are you going to let jacoby go and then cut hunter henry and choose to go forward with no continuity for mac jones in terms of his weapons it makes it never made any sense to me um the john smith thing we just have to accept it. Like, take the old-fashioned bullet, put in your mouth, bite the bullet. It, it the, He stinks. Yeah. He's not bringing any value. He's overpaid. There's nothing you can do about it. He costs you more to cut him than to keep him. So you might as well just keep him and use him as a second or third tight end, fullback, athlete, cover some kicks. Whatever. Sure, whatever. I mean, you can't bite the bullet, uh, as you say, and cut him because that's a $19 million dead cap hit. And, the Patriots- and more than that, because you need to replace him. So now you'd yes. have to add another second or third tight end who's going to cost you at least a million bucks. So now that position is costing you 
$20 million when you were to have a guy that has not been here before to try to take that job. Right. I, I think we've mentioned before on the podcast, it bears re-mentioning as well. If Bill O'Brien and no, we're not going down the Bill O'Brien's going to bring back the Boston tea party again. No, we're done with that. It's not going to happen. That's not his job. It, this offense will not look the same as the offense did years ago because of the talent that man was gifted when he stepped into the organization as the OC with uh, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. It's 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 going to be a completely different system. But if he is able to get anything, if he is able to find a corner or a portion of the fruit, if you will, the rotting citrus fruit that is Jonu Smith and squeeze out a little juice and actually make him semi-relevant, semi-productive this season. Bill O'Brien, in addition to not being Matt Patricia and maybe getting something out of Mac Jones, Andy, the man would be heralded as a miracle worker. He will walk on water. He will never pay for a meal in this town the way Super Bowl heroes and heroes and champions of the past have. And I think you want to talk about something that could open up the offense, unlock its potential, or keep pe- not keep people up at night, but just like make them go like, ah, holy crap, look at that. O'Brien's got this offense humming so much, he's even gotten something out of John Smith. Like, I think Hunter Henry's going to be fine this year. Probably go back to his 2021 numbers, which would be tremendous. Yep. Doesn't take 50, seven touchdowns, 650 yards, and 53 catches. Fine. Good. Good job. Well, you earned your paycheck. I mean, he's still overpaid, probably, but yes, yes, yes. Again, that's what you get in free agency. When you're desperate and have to throw money at the top guy at a position, you overpay him. The real problem is when you pay a guy for nothing, and that's John o. Smith. I'll overpay to have Hunter Henry return to reliable, mm-hmm. competent, and we know he has a good relationship with Mac. He's one of Mac's go-to guys, not just on the field, not just the red zone. He's one of his guys in, in yeah. the world of Mac year-round, 365. Hunter Henry is one of those guys. So um, I do think he'll return to that, but I do – you know, it's funny because I think the Claire's of the world and others, there was initially some, huh, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, he's going to go in that range of the middle of the first round. Could he be a Patriot? Change it. A, I don't think he changes the offense. This is my step away big picture. Okay. No tight end. I'm trying to think of the last tight end to quote unquote change an offense. Even Kyle Pitts has been a little bit of a disappointment and he's a quasi tight end. In Atlanta. He's in the was, Kelsey world of like wide receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. And if they get a quarterback, that'll change with him Why there, I think. Yep. But like TJ Hawkinson is one of my favorite tight ends to come into the NFL since Gronk. I called him the closest thing to Gronk since Gronk. He's, he's good. a good tight end. And mm-hmm. he got traded once in the division. He's already on a different team. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not, you know, Jamar Chase. He doesn't change an offense. I don't think Michael Mayer, even if he's good, I think it'll take a year or two before he becomes a Pro Bowl caliber NFL tight end. And you look at the depth of this draft and at the tight end position and the way these guys tested um, this past week, a lot of impressive numbers coming out of the the kid uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia put on an yep. absolute effing show athletically. He's a, he's, he is a physical of all of them. It seems like he is the biggest project, but also the specimen of the group. He's Ben Watson. Ben Watson blew up at the combine and Bill took him in the first round. He was a freak who put up great numbers. Um, the the Laporta kid that Deuce brought up when we were talking yep. about the combine from, oh, where's he from? A place that produces tight end, Iowa, I believe it's called. Iowa, where they produce nice NFL mm-hmm. tight end. Oh, wait. Iowa, where the head coach is a former Belichick assistant. Iowa, where the offensive coordinator is a former Belichick assistant. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ties. Pipeline. Iowa. Um, but I do think when, once you get into, I guess, end of day two and then into day three, I think the Patriots will be in the, the tight end conversation because first and foremost, virtually every year that Belichick's drafted, he's drafted a tight end. He loves tight ends. They're athletes. Yeah. They're commodities. You need two or three of them on the roster at all times. They play special yeah. teams. That whole thing. It, there's the whole offseason uh, YouTube series the Patriots have been doing. Two episodes are out thus far called Building the Patriots. There could be a sub-series to that or like the same way 1923 is a spinoff or a, a prequel series to Yellowstone. Yep. There could be searching for Bavaro, and it could just be all about Belichick's search to find that next tight end who's a receiver, a great blocker, and fills those old Belichick rundowns of – uh, you know, exactly how a player should play and who he needs to be on the field. Uh, I love, I know our pal over at NBC Sports Boston, Phil Perry, geeked out 
over this guy during Super Bowl week and has made mention a few times. This kid out of Oregon State, Luke Musgrave, uh, just seems like a receiver. He's a player. He's got all the 6'5", 250-something, good receiver, high-end speed. I'll take a flyer on a guy like that. If we can get him in the second round, the Pats still, if they, that's presuming they still have that pick and they haven't used it on a corner or a wide receiver in, in a trade. Maybe they do trade back in the first round and they like somebody like Anthony Bradford or Darnell Wright at tackle as opposed to going high for a Skaronsky or Paris Johnson uh, or Broderick Jones from Georgia. So uh, we'll see. I, they absolutely need to add somebody. You can't have any, this, you can't have any fear. Dipping back into the draft for receiver, you can't have any fear just because the Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi projects blew up on you. But you absolutely have to have somebody to draft behind Hunter Henry and John U. Smith because the position is going to look drastically different in 2024. So uh, uh, some other names real quick. I'm sure you and Shime will cover this in the six rings and what are we calling it? Six rings and prospect things or positional things, whatever it's called. Uh, prospect things. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys will cover all the tight end prospects, but just a few other names to throw out there before we give our interest rating. Dalton Kin Kincaid from Utah and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame are the top two. Luke Musgrave, Oregon State. Sam Laporta from Iowa, as mentioned. Darnell Washington, Georgia. Tucker Kraft, spelled the same way, from South Dakota State. Josh Weil, Cincinnati. And Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, but he's like a fifth to sixth round, like final day type of guy. Belichick always does have to take a Michigan guy in the draft. Will it be the kicker this year? Maybe it'll be Schoonmaker, the tight end. Uh, we'll see. Landy, let's go ahead. And as we wrap this nice quick edition of the off-seasonal positional preview tight end, let's give it an interest rating from one to 10 tight ends. I'm going to give it a 6.75. Um, and some hmm. of that is the unknown of what Bill O'Brien can do because he does utilize the tight end position he has. And mm -hmm. I think that's good news for Hunter Henry to return to Hunter Henry, capable, good, solid tight end, uh, value. You know, there's always the chance, you know, I'm, you know, me, I'm the eternal optimist. I always see the positive side of things. Maybe oh. get a little something out of Janu. And I do think they're going to draft one. And I'm intrigued. You know, there's been years where the Patriots needed a tight end and we're like, oh, they got to go get this guy. And that guy gets overdrafted. This is the opposite. I don't think they absolutely need one for the here for the now, but they need one moving forward because that's mm -hmm. how you got this position. You didn't prepare for life after Gronk and you better start preparing for life after your two overpaid tight ends. Um, but they don't need to force it. I think they can get a talented tight end in the middle of the draft. So 6.75 optimistic Andy says. I would also like to throw this into the waters. Our friends over at Pat's Pulpit did a winners and losers and breakouts from the Combine as well. One of the names that Mike Dusso didn't mention when he joined us as a winner from the draft who kind of came from out of nowhere, could be a later round pick uh, who could flash in the pros from Old Dominion, the football factory that is Old Dominion, Andy. Are you ready for this? Zach Kuntz. Excuse me? I, I could have <laughs> K-U-N-T-Z. Zach Kuntz, 6'7", 255, 40-inch vertical, uh, 4 5, 5 40. Mm. And did very well. When looked at his RS score, he's now the most athletic tight end who ever tested at the combine. Awesome. How, how do you catch? like that? Because remember, we have a really Hands athletic tight end, right? We have a really athletic tight end. His name is John U. Smith. We found out he Kuntz play the sport of football very well. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Captain. I couldn't do it, coach. I'll go to Germany with you, though. I don't know what that accent was. I don't know what it is either, but I'm, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm going to give tight end just a straight six. A little less than you. Not not so much that it makes a big difference. I need to see what they're. I need to see Hunter Henry return to 2021 form. My God, can you get anything out of John o. Smith? And who's going to be? Is it going to be Kuntz? Is it going to be Musgrave? Is it going to be Musgrave? Who's going to be that mid-round tight end guy that they draft and try to develop into the next TE of the future? He's not going to be Gronk. He's not going to be Hernando. He's not going to be Kelsey. It's going to be more a traditional big blocker with hands type than a wide end or tight receiver type because that plays in different systems, but we know how Belichick likes him in Foxborough. Good job, Andy, at Jumbo Heart, at Fitzy GFY, rocking and rolling here on Six Rings Pod. One more quick segment to go on another action-packed triple header, Six Rings and Football Things Pod. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, 
The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Here we go, kid. Your favorite segment and mine. Yep. The old Pat's Paris. The news, notes, nuggets, and tidbits that don't deserve entire segments, but definitely merit mentioning. Uh, for the football and Foxborough faithful, the diehards, super fans, and beyond. All right. A lot of action so far on the free agency market as the QBs go. Uh, in the time since we recorded our last episode and up to now, Derek Carr has decided to leave the Jetropolitans and the Raiders in his rear view, signing a four-year, $150 million deal wow. with the Orleans Saints. Who dat nation? is going to give $60 million upon signing the contract, $100 million guaranteed overall to a quarterback that has won zero playoff games. Must be nice. Yeah, uh, benching pays well these days because dude was benched late in the year, so Jarrett Stidham could have the best offensive performance by the Raiders all year. And uh, then he gets to go out there and sign a very lucrative, as John Dennis would say, lucrative contract uh, on the open market. This is one of those where this is, um, I don't know how to phrase it. This is the world you're trying to avoid getting mm-hmm. into with Mac Jones and your quarterback position. Like, we don't think that this, he, A, he may be the best quarterback in the NFC South. So mm-hmm. he, he, that's good for them, and who knows. But the the world of mediocre quarterbacks in the National Football League is getting very expensive and leads to huge frustrations i think inside of buildings and outside like as a fan base you're now looking at a guy you're spending 40 million dollars on per year and you're like huh wow 40 million it's like giant stadium i told you metlife stadium two billion dollars doesn't go as far as it used to be for two billion i want something that's like a wow yeah Yeah, like holy stadium right yep it's just it's a fine stadium Derek, uh, Derek Carr is the MetLife Stadium of quarterbacks. Like he's a he's he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But I'm not going to get excited. Money that is a nails comp. He like no, no I mean, sa- sadly, it's had more Super Bowls and playoff games than he has. Um, yeah, yeah, weird choice that was. But like that's a a nails comp. Perfectly fine. Now I think he's a perfect fit for down there. Dome, good sized arm. Big receivers and Chris Olave may have Alvin Kamara, depending on how the authorities have a say in that matter as well. Right. But they were Andy. Andy Dalton wasn't a horror show last year, but Derek Carr represents an upgrade over Andy Dalton with quarterback uncertainty in Carolina, Atlanta, and what used to be called Tampa Bay. A reasonably decent starter down in New Orleans makes them the immediate NFC South favorites, and I'm sure they would love a trip back to the, the playoffs, even if it does cost them sixty million dollars up front that's ridiculous money again that kind of money used to be franchise quarterback community pillar uh talking point every morning on hello it's football or hi there it's you know get up it's espn instead now it's like yeah he's okay he's pretty good some days he's awesome some days he's meh and he's going to be paid like one of the elites in the nfl which is just absolutely laughable to me yeah and that's the world you want to avoid if you're the patriots the next time you hear about mac jones you want to, and Deuce mentioned this earlier, the, the goal of the season to have an idea about Mac Jones. And I think you'll either know for sure he's your franchise quarterback. And if you don't know for sure, then you also know the other, right? You may not have, like, you may be hemming and hawing, but if you're hemming and hawing, you kind of know the answer. You're just not really ready to admit it quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to avoid that world. You don't want to be one of these teams that's overpaying for some. I would even say the same thing about Geno Smith. That's got- where we were going next. Three years, $105 million with $52 million guaranteed. They did finally write back, and they wrote a giant check to Gino, the comeback player of the year. 
the good thing for them is it sounds like they really hit it off with combine star Anthony Richardson and maybe they're the landing spot and everybody says, well, he's a he's a developmental need a year or two and Gino can carry the the torch until he passes it to that freak athlete. Um, so I'd be a little bit more hopeful if I were the Seahawks. The return I'm going to get on this marriage with Gino is just he's the bridge to what I really hope is the future at the position, right. assuming they get uh, Anthony Richardson. Um but that again, it's the same thing. It's it's the world the Jets are living. The Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers unless they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Then they're a little bit porked, and then they'll call Jimmy or they'll call whoever. Um, that's a world you have to try to avoid at all costs. It's it's just a it's a terrible world. It re- it really is. And look, look, Geno Smith, best case scenario, plays seventy five to eighty percent as well as he did this past season for the Seahawks. They'll even though I think they kind of bid against themselves, I don't think anyone was going to offer him unless they thought the Titans were going to swoop in, cut the Tanisants, and get Geno Smith. I can't see where else this guy was going to go. Back to the Jets, get out of here. To the Raiders, no chance. I think they bid against themselves a little bit there, but at the same time, he gets his big payday. It's a great story, and I do think that would be a perfect landing spot for Anthony Richardson to sit for not just one, but two seasons because he's got all the skills to pay the bills, but he is raw. Very, very raw. Can't throw this. I watched that comp reel they put up on uh, Colin Cowherd was talking to our pal Lance Zerline from NFL.com about his skills. And Zerline was like, this guy can't complete an eight yard pass. He has not Josh Allen. I mean, I know the comparison has become positive, but it wasn't always an assured thing. Like Christian Fourier went down with the ship. He thought Josh Allen, he had watched him at Wyoming and I, if you put Wyoming Josh Allen highlights on, you were like, yep, I'll take him number one overall. If you put Josh Allen lowlights on, you're like, uh, no, I don't want any anything to do with that guy. And that's what Anthony Richardson is. If you watch just highlights, you're all in. Give me number one overall. I'll pay him a billion dollars and he's my future. But the reality is I actually think the NFL quarterback position is about your lowlights. How mm-hmm. low are your lowlights? It's not about your highlights because a lot of guys can make the highlight play in different ways, but highlight plays. How often do you avoid the lowlights? How do you get rid of your lowlights? Do you raise your floor? So that's the world you're in. That's the, I know people get excited about it, but that's a world that's just the payoff is, is infrequent. I think more people don't pay off than Josh Allen pays off. Josh Allen is the, the winning lottery ticket. There's all those stubs that are ripped up and laying on the floor next to the convenience store that didn't win. There have to be. Sorry, there have to be. There have to be your Heath Shulers, your Jamarcus Russells, and your Josh Rosens and other guys that can throw a football over a mountain or through a barn, you know, a brick wall that just aren't going to pan out. That, that's the nature of the business. Maybe Max, our guy, maybe he isn't. And QB conversations uh, continue to dominate the offseason as well. Wait, Couple I thought we were other- trading him to the Raiders. Yeah, to the Raiders. We heard that that rumor's getting kicked up again. I don't want to have anything to do with Mac Jones to the Raiders. Mac Jones, Wait, I am the seventh not... pick. Oh my, yeah, sure. I'm sh- that'll happen. Sure. No, I know. Right. But I'm just saying, if Josh is stupid, and and I'm you and I will Josh announce picks stupid. for the Patriots at the NFL draft. I'm sure that'll happen. Uh, wow. So real quick, do you put any stock at all into no. the Rich Eisen rumbling from the combine? Maybe Tom oh. Brady might come back, and it could be to the Dolphins. Well. It... As Deuce We're doing knows, this again, too. Oh. No, I know. Like, when you go to the Combine, you hear everything. Because everybody in the world is there. Everybody mm-hmm. has opinions. Most of those opinions are stupid or uninformed or partially informed. Or you play the operator game, and by the time it gets to the fourth person, it's like <laughs> a totally different story. So in a world where I guess we're just allowed to throw, I heard at the Combine, we've been saying it forever. They still have a quarterback whose head may be mush. and. Mm-hmm. There was already a connection between Brady and Miami. So it's an easy connection to make. Oh, he's retired. He's not playing. You have a quarterback that you're still supporting and claim as your quarterback, but we all know he could be out of action by October, November, September. Or maybe should be forced to, if a neurologist with a set of stones would step in and be like, you need to not play football for at least a year. We'll talk to you in 2024. Maybe they do need Philip Rivers or Tom Brady to step in this season. And that makes it believable like that. Like if it wouldn't be believable if if Tua had played all 17 games last year and was coming off a top five finish in the MVP voting and all that, it wouldn't be as believable. But because of what happened with Tua, because of the past history, it's very much believable. So you can throw a rumor like this out there 
and it has automatic traction because we're all like, I don't think it's going to happen, but it is kind of logical. It makes sense. So, and Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I don't necessarily buy anything he says. You know that. So, um, I absolutely think there is some reason to think he could be in Miami. Absolutely. No question in my mind. So, um, and, and I'm for it, as you would say, because yep. it's drama, it's theater, it's fun. It's, oh. I can rip Brady or I can support him. It just adds another layer to the whole NFL season. And let's talk about how great it would be. Also, I do think Philip Rivers coming back would be awesome because I love, oh, gosh, she Willikers, God, oh, damn it. Oh, and his nine kid roadshow. He might make a lot of sense coming back if Brady goes down to the Dolphins because he doesn't want to go back to the West Coast as much as he's always wanted to play for the team he grew up rooting for. Let's say Brady does go to the Dolphins because the family's down in Florida and he's going to stay near where his billionaire bunker, multi-million yep. dollar Indian wells, houses, whatever. Easy. Phil- I think that's the name of the island. Um, thank you, though. I appreciate that. Am I allowed to actually say the name of the island now? Um, <laughs> Philip Rivers coming back for one more season, taking a one-year $25 million deal to argue with Kyle Shanahan. Let's say... Let's say Purdy Boy isn't ready, and they're like, yeah, we wasted our pick on Trey Lance. We're out. Someone else can have him for a, a second or a third that you work on him. I'd, I'd be in on that. And and then and then to see Aaron Rodgers maybe go to the Jets. How great, as much as no Patriots fan wants to hear this because they're going to be like, ah, oh, shit, we're going to be in fourth place, and it's not even Labor Day. To have an AFC East this year that would be Belichick and Bill O'Brien coaching Mac Jones trying to come back to at least a winning record or relevance once again, and competence. The Jets with Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins potentially with Tom Brady and Josh Allen, and the Bills still holding the belt. Damn, man. Like you mentioned, that is some good gridiron theater. Well, it's a quarterback's world, and we're all just living in it. And it also, this is why, like, quarterback drives everything, how hard it is to find 32 quarterbacks. We talk about Anthony Richardson, who, if we're being honest, was not really a good college quarterback. Now he's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft and some franchise is going to hitch their wagon to him. Oh, we have another quarterback who never won anything in the National Football League, has been coaching high school football for multiple years and now potentially could be in line to take over the most talented roster and offense in the sport of football. Like quarterback is crazy. Money, everything. Drafting, every old guys that are going to come out of retirement, old guys that are going to switch teams. Maybe they should go to retirement. The quarterback position is the center of the football universe, and it's growing more so by the day. Yeah, it's bananas. And Jimmy Garoppolo uh, might uh, get $30 million to go co-pilot the Raiders or pilot the Raiders for a year or two while they draft and develop Will Levis, for all we know. Like, oh, that's in, just insane money. I know that guy's got an absolute laser rocket arm. Reminds me of a young Andy Hart. Herbert, no, he doesn't. He's <laughs> nope. got a literally got a foot on you. He's got a foot. He's got a foot on you. Um, all right, we'll end it with this. Back in the wide receiver room and rotation, we go. Uh, Matt Judon, assistant GM, this weekend with his tweet about DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots, just absolutely setting people into a frenzy and a lather, uh, thinking that it was legit. It wasn't. He's just doing his Judon, assistant GM things. And then there's the word that, uh, you know, Mike Giardi says, watch out, Chosen Anderson, old Robbie Anderson, released from the Cardinals. Could Belichick look to him as a discount pickup? And the Broncos are not shopping Jerry Judy. There are whispers they are, quote, quietly shopping Cortland Sutton. So thoughts, feelings about maybe any one of them addressing some wide receiver needs. So the Sutton thing I find interesting. I think he's really talented. Same. So do I. I think he's really, really talented. I'm not so much in on the chosen Anderson, the Robbie Anderson, any of uh. the Andersons, because to me, that's spinning the wheel of hopeful mediocrity. Oh, like this guy was good at one point and we liked him at one point. He's um, Nelson Aguilar all over again for yeah, us. I, I want no part of that. I want to swing higher. I'm even not totally sold on the DeAndre Hopkins. I think he can still play. I'm just not sure the timeline of his skills diminishing and where the Patriots are in their Mac development, offensive development, marry up to the, the proper timing for that. Um, I'm more on the Sutton or the, the draft of Zay Flowers, like the swing for the long-term fences mm-hmm. uh, move at wide receiver is, is more enticing to me. But um, it, it's it's the secondary position. You know, like I just kind of, you know, football is about quarterback, all the the wide receiver position is starting to take on a life of its own too with guys. And some of it is guys going to be overdrafted and overpaid 
And that's why they re-enter the, the musical chairs game or the cycle of the NFL, because some other sucker will say, well, I know he didn't work for your team, but he might work for our team. And then finally, I would say about Matthew Judon and his little assistant GM social media duties. Um, the only GM in Boston who sucks more than Heim Bloom at this point in his career in the city <laughs> is Matthew Judon. He's batting he's never zero. 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 He's, batting, he's tried. I mean, like, you know, Boston yeah. is littered with tryhards. One of them is sitting here co-hosting a podcast. But the, I, honest to God. He's never done anything well. No, Even, I appreciate I know you posted, the effort. You posted him talking to Derrick Henry like, I love it, because there were rumblings about Derrick Henry, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's great, fun, Matt. Yeah. Just once I'd like you to land somebody. Not I don't need a big fish. Just start with a little fish that, you know, that good feeling yeah, of just, your real I, I a, Bigger than a sunfish. One that we don't have to throw back into the lake, Matt. Yeah, like anything. Like a nice little trout. Anything. And until then, you are high and bloom in the football world. Little, just a little sea, you know, a little bass would be fine. A little striper. That'd be okay. Oh, just like if well, he lands a striper, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, I'm not looking for like a swadfish or a tuna. Like a sea robin record. He doesn't even have a sea robin. Oh, man, look at that. Again, the offseason when we're always like, what are we going to talk about next? There's an action-packed hour, a three-part pod for the ages. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Mike Dussault, wrapping up with some 2023 NFL Combine thoughts, our off-seasonal positional preview on the tight end, and the Pats Paris, where we discuss the wild world of quarterback off-season movement, potential wide receiver fits via free agency and trade, and so much more. Follow Mike Dussault at Mike Dussault 19 at Six Rings Pod, at Jumbo Heart, at Fitzy GFY. And lastly, please follow at Rich Keefe Show, where Andy and I have many, many, many picks and positional battles in Rich's awesome, 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 awesome March Madness bracket, the 64 greatest fictional athletes. Uh, Andy and I appear on that show regularly. It is the best new sports radio show in Boston, quietly becoming the thing at night's. Uh, so make sure you subscribe at Rich Keefe Show on IG and Twitter. And if you get a chance, congratulate Rich on his new show because it's a big deal. It is. And he really appreciates those congratulations. He does. <laughs> for Andy, for Deuce, for producer Justin Turpin, and everyone at Odyssey, WEEI, and 2400 Sports, this is your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens saying thank you for listening once again to Six Rings and Football Things. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats. See you.